0: Okay, so this week, we're going to talk about David. Last week, um, I talked about Samuel, the prophet, the judge, the priest. And um, this week, we will be talking about David, King David. So, um, when we think of David, many of us know that he was the greatest king in Israel, he was a fighter, a warrior, a shepherd, a shepherd boy, a psalmist, and skilled musician. Um, he was um, sent to play for Saul when an evil spirit came upon him. And as David began to play, that evil spirit left Saul. And of course, we all know that David wrote most of the book of Psalms. And also about David, he was the youngest son of of Jesse. He had about seven to eight sons altogether, and David was the youngest of the sons. And we first hear about David um, in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Last week, I talked about how Saul became the first king of Israel. They The people of Israel kept insisting on having a king, and Saul had eventually was eventually anointed king of Israel. So in chapter 15 of 1 Samuel, uh, we know that Saul disobeys a command from God. He disobeys orders. And of course, God rejects him from being king. So in today's society, we would call that being fired or terminated or impeached. And in chapter 16 it begins with God saying to Samuel, "How long will you mourn over Saul? And I've rejected him from being king. Samuel was very sad about this situation. He was heartbroken that Saul had chose to disobey God and you know he had to confront him about his actions and dismiss him from that position of being king. Saul was like like a son to Samuel, and of course, Samuel was basically a mentor to Saul. But um, God then instructs Samuel to go to Jesse's house, and there he will anoint a king. When he arrives, seven sons were presented before him. The Lord also instructs Samuel to not look on their countenance. Don't look at their outward appearance, because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart of a person. I mean, the seven brothers had the good looks and great physical features, but spiritually, they were not the one. And um, each son that was presented before Samuel, um, God said no to each one. And in verse 11 of that same chapter, Samuel asked Jesse, is there another son? Is there another one? And he says the youngest one who is out tending to the sheep. And Samuel sends for him, and God gives his stamp of approval to David. Now, as leaders, hearing from God is a must. You must consult God on every decision, um, especially when you're presented with someone who has a call on their life. You must always be in tune with the voice of God. Obedience to God is a must in this hour. You cannot have your picks and favorites. You don't get determined who God called and who he doesn't call or who God has chosen. Sometimes your choice and your preference is not God's preference. Amen. I mean, just like David's brothers, they were not God's preference. But David was. You must look at the person's lifestyle, their heart, their character and integrity of an individual. And I said this in a previous slide, their looks and financial status and their relationship with you does not qualify them for any call or position in ministry. I mean, David was skinny, he had freckles, and he kept the sheep, but he was more qualified than, than his brothers. And the Bible also says the lay hands suddenly on no man. Don't be so quick to give up person a title or position in your church because that can do great damage to the body of Christ and to your ministry now um, David was anointed to be king of Israel he was around in his teens or early 20's but um, it was when he was 30 years old when he actually became the king over Israel um, acknowledging the call to ministry and accepting and walking in your calling is not an overnight success. We all should know that by now. It's not an overnight success. You may have to wait 5, 10, maybe 20 years to walk into your calling full force. I mean, there are some processes and some tests that you got to go through. There are some battles that you have to fight. There are some hard lessons that you got to learn. you got to be tried tested and proven and God has to move some people out of your life and out of some positions I mean uh, with, with a specific product you know um, like this fan here for instance of course it's created in, in the manufacture in the factories but it has to be tested first to make sure that it's, it's in working order before it's sold in the stores. I mean, a job is not going to just hire you and put you to work right away without going through the application process and the background checks and the interviews and along with weeks of training. And you don't go from being a newborn baby to being an adult overnight. You know, David had to fight some battles and he had to endure a lot of stuff, even had to endure Saul being jealous of him and trying several times to uh, have him killed. So after David was anointed to be king, uh, one of the first and greatest battles David was in was against the Philistine giant, Goliath. This is one of the very popular stories about David, David and Goliath. You know, Goliath taunted the Israelites and wanted to challenge them to a battle one-on-one. But Israel, of course, Israel declines the challenge because they was afraid to go up against a big giant. I mean, any human being would. But um, this went on for days. And then David decides to step up to the challenge. And he consults Saul about letting him take on the challenge. But at first, Saul said no. But, you know, David kept convincing him to let him do it. So Saul allows him to take on the challenge. To um, go against Goliath. And of course David gathered five stones. And of course as Goliath begins to mock and curse David. Not really knowing that he was about to meet his match. And what I love about this story is that David took God with him. And he had the spirit of God with him. And of course Goliath is struck with just one stone. And of course he is beheaded. David cut his head off. Now um. I want to say that many of you are in some weary battles and y'all are, you're in a battle for your life and many of you are in what seems like losing battles. You are fighting some battles, these battles the wrong way. Some of you are doing the most with these battles. I mean, you're fighting the, these battles in the flesh. You're fighting these battles in, on your own will and in your own power and a lot of these battles are too much for you. These giants that you're trying to fight are too big for you to handle in the flesh. You must fight in the spirit. You must take the Lord with you. You must fight in prayer. You must fight with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You got to put on the whole armor of God. Hallelujah. And after the battle with Goliath, David grew as a warrior. His fame began to spread and Saul, of course, became threatened. David because he feared that David was going to take his position. But um, Saul gives David one of his daughters to marry, Michael, I guess that's how you pronounce it. And um, of course, Saul begins to make every unsuccessful attempt to have David killed. But um, David becomes best friends with Saul's son, Jonathan, and now technically, Jonathan being the Saul's son was supposed to be the next the next one in line to get that position of being king. but um, Jonathan understood what God was doing. He understood the order of God and the order of things and um, he supported David 100% in this thing and even protected him from his own father. But in spite of the fact that Saul was trying to kill David, we find that David still honored and served Saul. He still gave him the utmost respect and even would not even allow nobody else to dishonor him or disrespect him. And that is a great example of humility, character, and integrity at its best. So later in 1 Samuel, around early Second Samuel, we find that Saul is killed and even his sons and even David's best friend Jonathan. Now, one of Saul's sons, Ish-Bosheth, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, had become had already had become the second king of Israel, but that was short-lived. David was anointed as king of the tribe of Judah in 2nd Samuel chapter 2, but he eventually gets crowned as the third king of Israel. Hallelujah. So, in 2 Samuel chapter 9, um, David remembers his promise that he made to Jonathan earlier in um, the book of Samuel. Um, He shows kindness to to, um, Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. I mean, he was brought out of Lodabar and began a new life in Jerusalem at the king's table. God bless you, prophetess blue. And God bless all of you that are on... God bless you, Evangelist Rylander, and all of you that are on. So, um, one last thing I want to talk about with David, and then I'm going to go into prayer. In 1 Samuel chapter 11, um, this is another popular story about David. Um, This talks about David's sin. We know that David was supposed to be out with his men on the battlefield, but he is at the house. He's at the house. He's home. And he happens to step outside on the roof of the house, and he sees a beautiful woman named Bathsheba washing herself. Um, David's flesh, of course, begins to get the best of him, and um, he sends for Bathsheba and, of course, lays with her, and she eventually becomes pregnant. And, of course, David tries to conceal his adultery by having Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, killed. And, of course, he ends up marrying Bathsheba. And, of course, this sin displeases God. And we all know unri- all unrighteousness is sin. There is no big sin or little sin. All sin is sin. And a lot of times when a man or woman of God fall from grace or gets caught up in a scandal, um, we want to use this story about David's sin as a cover-up or to justify, um, their actions. Now, uh, we know David got rebuked for his actions. I mean, he was held accountable and God sent the prophet Nathan to do just that. A lot of times we cover up our actions and we turn a deaf ear to rebuke. We despise accountability. I mean, no one can call you out on your sins. And, um, Nobody better not say anything about the man or woman of God. But, on um, David and Bathsheba's child, as we go on in the scripture, died seven days after it was born. And unlike many of us, David repented, of course, of his sin. And that's how that, the scripture, Psalms 51, is based on. But I want to talk to some of you today, um... I want to talk to some of you that feel like you're not good enough. I want to talk to the underdogs. I want to talk to the overlooked, the less than, the, the unqualified according to man's standards. Um, you feel like that you're not good enough to be used by God. But I want to say to you today that you are enough. Can you type that in the comments? I am enough. You are the man. You are the woman. You are the one that God has chosen. You will do what others can't or refuse to do. Just as David took up the challenge of going up against Goliath while others were scared to go up against him. There is a boldness coming upon you and you will step up to the many challenges that others were afraid to take on. God will use you to bring down giants in the spirit. Hallelujah. You will speak out against things that others are are scared to speak out on. Hallelujah. To another man or woman of God, you may not be the ideal choice according to man, but you are God's choice. Just as David's brothers were not chosen to be the king over Israel, even though they had the physical looks and everything, but they were not God's choice. Some of you, God, will use you to bring deliverance and restoration to your family. Nobody else will do that but you. Some of you, God, will use to witness to the loss. Nobody else will do it but you. Some of you, God, will use to bring healing to a dying generation and those who are broken and hurting, not only physically and mentally, But mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. Nobody will war and intercede for God's people but you. Nobody can influence a certain group of people but you. Hallelujah. Nobody can reach a certain group of people but you. Hallelujah. Work your assignment, man of God, woman of God. Work your assignment. God gave it to you to complete. Not nobody else but you. God gave it to you. Not your parents, not your spouse, not your significant other, your siblings, your BFF, not your children. You. We are all assigned to different things. To certain people, certain places, certain areas of ministry. And right here in the scriptures, David's assignments were to be a warrior and a fighter. And to, um, play music, and work in psalmistry, and of course, the assignment of kingship. Now I also want to talk to somebody today who has been overlooked for certain promotions and positions to others who may or may not be qualified because of favoritism and tradition. You are getting attacked on every side by Saul. Saul has been targeting you. Hallelujah. They've been lying on you. They've been setting you up to destroy you and to keep you from getting in your rightful place in God. But God is getting ready to move Saul out the way so that you can take your rightful position. God is going to move all the hindrances out the way. He is going to move some things around, even if it goes against man's policy and man's rules. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for your people right now. I lift up those who are less than, overlooked, the unqualified. Hallelujah. I thank you that you don't look at the outward appearance. You look at our heart. Hallelujah. I thank you for these, thy people, and their heart to serve you with a pure heart. I thank you, God, that we have not chosen us. Men have not chosen us. But you, God, you chose us that we should go and bear fruit and that our fruit should remain. Hallelujah. Father, I pray now that you use us for your glory. Let everything that we do bring glory to your name. Father, sometimes we don't feel worthy of such a call, but we thank you, God, that you thought of us as worthy enough. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we ask you to lead and guide us, instruct us in the way that we should go. We look to the hills from which cometh our help. We look to you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. For without you, Father, we are nothing and we can't do nothing. Hallelujah. Father, fill us with your spirit now as we work our assignments that you have given us. Give us the wisdom and understanding and counsel on how to execute our assignments that are given to us. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We come against every Goliath in our lives. We sling the word of God against every giant in our life. We call out giants of fear now. Hallelujah, God. We declare that yea, we walk through the valleys of the shadow of death. We will not fear because the Lord our God is with us. We call out giants of witchcraft. We declare that we suffer them not to live. In the name of Jesus. We call out giants of lack. We declare that God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. Giants of death. We declare that we shall not die but live and declare the works of God of the Lord hallelujah Jesus giants that come between us and our relationship with God hallelujah Jesus we declare that nothing shall separate us from the love of God hallelujah Jesus giants of hatred bitterness and unforgiveness hallelujah we declare that God will give us a new heart and put a new spirit in us Hallelujah. He will take away the stony heart of flesh and give us a new heart of flesh. Hallelujah. Giants of past mistakes and past sins. Hallelujah. We declare that we are forgetting those things which are behind. And we press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. In Christ Jesus, hallelujah, giants of strongholds, we declare tonight that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We pull down those strongholds of racism and mass murder, hallelujah, and injustice sin, and unaccountability in the name of Jesus. Giants of attacks, lies, setups, and setbacks. We declare that no weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Giants of loneliness and despair. We call on Jehovah Shama. Hallelujah. We declare that God is with us always and that he will never leave us nor forsake us. In the name of Jesus, giants of sickness, we call on Jehovah Rapha. We declare that with Jesus' stripes, we are healed today. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, giants of chaos and confusion, hallelujah. We call on Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. We declare that we shall have peace. We shall live in peace. We shall walk in peace. We declare that the God of peace shall bruise Satan's head under our feet. In the name of Jesus, I speak to every giant in our life. Hallelujah. You come to us with a sword and spear and shield. But we come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of armies of Israel, whom ye have defiled. Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. Hallelujah, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, thanks be unto God which causes us to triumph in Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. So I declare this day that the Lord will fight for you. Hallelujah. He will fight your battles. He will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversary. Hallelujah. This battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Let him fight your battle. Let him deal with the adversary. Hallelujah. Let's cry, Lord, fight my battle. Hallelujah. Fight my battle, Lord. Hallelujah. I declare this day. Hallelujah. That we have the victory over Goliath. I declare this day that we have victory over Saul. Hallelujah. We have victory over the Philistines. We have victory over death in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We have victory over everything that the enemy tries to bring up against us. In the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, today. Hallelujah that it is done. It is so, and so it is. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all. God bless you all and